welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Football Chat Ask Me Anything series. Tonight, we've got the Fantasy Fringe, including the Fantasy Unicorn at Unicorn underscore Fringe on Twitter, and her co-host and husband, Andrew. I hope I didn't get that wrong. Andrew's Twitter is Andrew underscore Fringe. I know I didn't get that wrong. What's your gut, Space? Uh, how are you all doing tonight? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on. We're excited. Oh, no more excited than we are. Believe me, it's going to be a good time. Can't wait to hear what you have to say about all these questions because we have a ton of good ones here for you. But before we get started with all of that, you want to give a rundown to everybody in our community about maybe stuff that you just came out with, stuff you've got coming out, what we need to keep our eyes peeled for in your neck of the woods? Yeah, for sure. So, um, We've kind of taken a little bit of time off this off season um, just to sort of, you know, recalibrate and things like that. Um, but we're going to be kicking out a few new shows uh, starting this weekend. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, we're going to be covering a lot of great topics for sure. Um, you can also find great content over at True North on YouTube and um, find me on uh fan-sided's raising zona and andrew is that covering everything for you we're covering yeah, that, that, both of us? yeah that, that covers it all excellent excellent uh and to give us a uh everybody listening a preview of what our guests here have to offer for us uh they uh host the podcast themselves uh but they're also dynasty and redraft strategy analysts and I believe the Fantasy Unicorn is the Arizona Cardinals team coverage and publishes some great stuff over there about them. And there's plenty of Cardinals questions here in chat, so we're going to get right into that here in a little bit. Uh, but let's not neglect the fact that they're hookah aficionados and they do care, <laughs> underscore do care, um, that is about as official as it gets about your fantasy team. So don't get it twisted. These aren't just throwing out thoughts to them. They are very invested in what they, uh, the advice they give and they, uh, stand behind it. So, uh, anything to add beyond that? I don't think so. I think you covered it. Yeah, we're we're pretty it. stoked. Let's get it. Yeah. Let's get into these questions. Alrighty. Um, so let's jump right into these questions. I think my internet cut out there for a second. So cut oh, that. Oh gosh. Yeah. But anyway, I'm back. Um so let's go right let's dive right into these questions here. How did you two first get into the industry and what led you down this path of podcasting? Along with the Arizona coverage, of course. Okay, yeah, I'll start us off. So for myself, getting into it while, um, you know, just being a player is what got me into content creating. I started that all the way back when I was only like 10 years old with my father. Um, but from there, I noticed that there was some advice and some uh, some takes that I had that were a little bit against the grain and not just to be against the grain. I just kind of have an outside the box kind of mindset on things. And me and one of my dynasty league mates that I met online also, we started up a podcast together and then we brought in the unicorn and then the unicorn has just ran with it. Just ran with it. I mean, she's getting, she's on her way. She's on her way. I'll just say that. <laughs> and you're not biased at all. <laughs> well, I have to be a little biased, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so you, for, oh, sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. I was going to ask you about how you got involved with the Cardinals. Yeah, so um, I'm Arizona and born and raised. Um, so, you know, love for the Arizona Cardinals just kind of comes naturally for me. Um, I didn't actually grow up super into football or, or anything like that. Um, that kind of all came from Andrew introducing it to me like 10 years ago. Um, and it was just, it was an instant connection. I love the game and, um, 
kind of being able to to dive a little deeper into analyzing not only you know your favorite team but just you know the whole game of fantasy football it's a lot of fun and and so it's just kind of become a cool hobby for us and we really enjoy it i think everybody here enjoys it and the content that you put out is some good stuff uh the podcasts have been really nice uh also noticed that it had been uh sparse as of recently but hearing that you're kicking it up a notch gets my uh gets me in a tizzy that's for sure Uh, (laughs) yeah but uh we can uh do a little silly question here which of the office episodes is your favorite and why also favorite character and why oh that's a good question but a tough one i mean we still watch the office um, yeah. Even though we've watched literally every single episode like multiple times, but I think my favorite character might be. Oh god! It has to be Michael. He's I just mean, so good at playing the character. Michael's incredible, but you know I really love Nellie, even though she wasn't there for like a lot of it. You know, she was that one that came in like in the later seasons as like the um. What was she the new branch manager yeah right or something or whatever was she was opening up the new saber store she just like she was incredible i loved her um favorite episode for me is probably um when michael hit meredith with his car <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and another great episode is uh safety training day Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, <laughs> to actually create a fire in a panic, it was, was just, good. it was wild. I mean, there's so many good moments in the office. Every time you watch it, you're like, how the hell did they come up with this? That's crazy. Are you an office fan too? Oh, absolutely. I was really hoping that one of y'all would say the Scott's Tots episode being yeah. so cringe of just, uh, Michael, oh, what, it are was. what are you doing? <laughs> there are so many of those moments on The Office, right? Where you're just like cringing in your seat and like you, you're watching because it's funny, but at the same time, it's hard sometimes, like for sure. Uh, I, I would say, though, my favorite episode, if you're asking, um, whenever they, before the wedding, when they're going around and they ask Meredith if she's coming or not, and she said, yeah, and they go, what are you going to have to eat? And she said, whatever's most expensive, whatever's unless most expensive. there's ribs. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll get the details the day of the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I'll text you that morning. It's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. That was a good, good choice. <laughs> but we'll we'll bounce right back into football now that we had people out there along the way. Uh more serious are we to be concerned about rondell Moore's size coming into the nfl oh god no oh my gosh why no, no. the talents there the, why why I mean, worry about the size exactly. i mean why worry about it what you know you're looking at these prospects right he is one of the earliest breakouts in nfl history not just the last couple of years i mean he broke out as a true freshman in college, I, I I don't understand. I guess, yes, he's small, but the game has changed so much that linebackers are also smaller. And the game is uh, much more safe. You're not allowed to hit these guys the like you were 10 years ago. So injury concern doesn't really, you know, come up for me. And also on top of that, did we all see him squat like 600 pounds? Yeah, I mean, so- obviously, he's he's obviously strong. You know, we know that he's got the strength. And the thing is, I'm not super worried about his size either because I think he has so many of those other skills that are going to help protect him from major injury. You know what I mean? Um, he's he's not going to be super easy to take down. Um, right. He's got an incredible center of gravity. He's got the agility. He's got the speed. You know, that contact balance is going to help him a lot. I, I think he's just he's too good. Yeah, I think if you want to be concerned about him, it's more in the way of like, is Cliff Kingsbury forward thinking enough to be able to create plays to get him in space? Yeah. 
And to stay on the topic of Cliff Kingsbury and what he plans to do, um, let's jump down to the next Cardinals question, and that being the split between Edmonds and Connor and the possibility of Eno ever being a thing. Possibility of Eno... You know, Benjamin, um, I honestly don't see him being a thing, but I don't understand. Uh, there were a few guys hyped about him coming out of college and living here in Arizona, watching him at ASU. He uh, he didn't pop off the screen, so uh, I don't think he'll ever be a thing. And then the James Conner, uh, Chase Edmonds split. Yeah, that's going to happen. They're going to split until James Conner gets injured. Uh, we know that's going to happen because it's happened every year of his career. So about week six that we should be looking for more Edmonds hype. I'm hoping, uh, I was going to say, I think it'll happen before (laughs) that, to be honest with you. I mean, and it's a crazy situation because I wasn't super stoked about, uh, James Conner getting signed here. Um, I've been arguing with people all off season about whether or not Chase Edmonds should be the lead back. And I don't think he should. I don't think he's capable of that role. I don't think it's the right role for him. I think he's a great number two. Um, but I also don't think James Connor is the guy, you know, that we should have taken. I think we should have drafted a running back instead of signing a, you know, uh, I don't want to say bottom of the barrel, but I mean, you know, he's a guy that's, he can be great, but he can also go not performing so i just i think there were better decisions that could have been made um i think it's definitely going to be a split and we're going to see more of chase Edmonds later in the season when james connor's inevitably sidelined yeah and you can uh you can tell that arizona was going to go after them you know james connor because they love buying that injury dip they do i mean they They, did it all off season right like for years (laughs) they're always buying injured players that's what they They do to get them cheap yes james connor i do believe is a decent running back you know for as much as a running back can be in that role I, I just like I don't understand why bring him in why not bring in somebody that is just more I don't know what to say about it like just somebody that can compliment Chase Edmonds I, I don't need James Conner James Conner can do it all but we don't need it that we can just pass the ball. We should just be like Kansas City and say, we don't need to run. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but more efficient. And that's the best thing of James Conner coming over, honestly, is that maybe Cliff will throw the ball more. Um, well, staying on that topic there, what, um, oh, I just saw it here. It was regarding the Cardinals again. Oh, that's so frustrating. Um, The splits of the wide receivers. Oh, no, no, no. Before that, you said complimenting, you needed someone to compliment Chase Edmonds and James Conner. Is there going to be that guy because he's going to be injured? How do you feel about the Drake move to Las Vegas? Do you think that that was a good move for both the Jacobs shareholders and the Drake shareholders? Um, not for the Drake shareholders. I wouldn't say for either of them, actually. I think he's going to take work from Jacobs. And on top of that, I think Kenyon Drake being an Arizona Cardinal is going to give you more fantasy upside than being a Raider. I, don't, I, th- I see it as being kind of one of those split backfield situations where you're not really going to... It's going to be tough to figure out which one of them is, is going to give you a lot of good... I think, value this season. I think Jacobs is going to be good still, and he's going to get the majority of the work. It's just that he's going to vulture things from him, especially yeah. passing game. I think now we can definitely just put the nail in the coffin for Jacobs ever becoming a true re-down running back, being involved in the passing game, which is bizarre to probably all of us, right? Because that's what he did so prolifically in college was the pass catching role, but he doesn't have that role in the NFL. And I think Kenyon Drake signing just solidified that. 
I would 110% agree with that. Yep. Although I did take Drake, or not Drake, but took Jacobs as a running back three because his ADP is oh, yeah. falling like a rock. And Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think he's still a viable running back too. Easy. He's going so, to get enough work. And you look at the team. I mean, they didn't really invest other than Kenyon Drake in the offseason. Kenyon Drake and then they brought over Smokey Brown. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, nope, we got from here. We're Raiders in a raid. What um so they didn't take a lot of rookies, but when you all are ranking rookies and determining their value coming into this next season, what's the biggest factor, both short term and long term? for you is it their physical talent and football skills or the team fit and the amount of snaps targets that they're likely to get yeah so it's a little bit of both um yeah i i when i'm looking at dynasty and and, um, rookies in general i'm looking at like a two to three year window i know a lot of people like to look seven years in advance but i think that's the wrong strategy honestly um i care about win now and backfill your team. So I'm going to go based off of obviously your talent, but not just your talent. I want to see, you know, when did you break out in college and how old are you now? Because that really does matter. As much as people want to say that age doesn't matter, um, breakout does. It it does correlate. You know, there's not as many 24-year-old running backs coming out, you know, that – become successful as 21 year olds or in the wide receiver position same thing you know it there are more guys that come out their junior year that are better than the guys that come out their senior year this year will be a little bit different because i do believe in devonta smith and Jalen waddle will be good for the nfl i'm not sure about how good he'll be for fantasy um but yeah it's going to go off of there, there's so many different metrics to look at though you know, it's like a an aggregate of different metrics that you're looking at and then breakout ages and then on top of that landing spot. I think it I think you need to take a whole picture. You yeah. can't just go one or the other. Yeah, I feel like you know, aside from things like that, like the breakout age and all that, I think situation is huge. I know a lot of people like to think that it's, you know, you're evaluating a guy purely on just his talent. Um, And, you know, I've heard a lot of people say they're not really concerned about landing spot, but I think that the situation that surrounds a player plays a huge role um, in how productive they're going to be able to be, because when it comes down to it, it's about opportunities for the most part, right? Like there's a lot of guys that have the talent, but the situation's not right. They're not getting the opportunities. And so they're going to flop. So that's kind of why like, I feel like it's really tough to evaluate and rank prior to the draft um, because we really don't have a a complete picture of that player, right? Um, To be able to say, you know, to make educated predictions about what their production is going to look like. So I think, you know, there's a lot of stats that I like to look at, um, but I think the situation as a whole is really important. The other players on the team that are going to impact them, both offense and defense, um, that all kind of goes into it. Yeah, and talent-wise, honestly, I, I think it uh, it presents a uh, a trade window if you really believe in somebody's talent that went to a bad situation because situations change, you know, year to year. Yeah. So if you believe in somebody, just let them fail midway, three quarters of the way through the season. Let that ADP slide. And let that ADP <laughs> slide and, yeah. make, you know, make, make a jump at them. Yeah. Um, and pivoting away from the seriousness of, uh, ranking the rookies between the two of you all, who's the better fantasy competitor? Who? Competitor? Yeah. And make sure you're not within punching distance. (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll go ahead and give it to him. Andrew's better at this. Um, He's better at this because he has a lot more accumulated knowledge over the years um, than I do. 
Um, we have sort of similar approaches to things because we just tend to think similarly about a lot of things, but um, we do disagree pretty often. Um, but to be honest, I would, I, I trust his opinion because like I said, he has a lot of, a lot more experience in this than me. Um, but we also kind of play differently, you know, where sometimes, um, I like to, yeah, roster construction yeah, is completely it's different. It's very different. Us. It's very different in the way that we go about doing that. Um, and you know, sometimes he'll take chances that I wouldn't be willing to take, um, and vice versa, but you know, I'll concede to that. I'd say he's the better, better competitor. And taking, yeah, taking like and a chance. so my, my very, side, very of it, yeah, my side of it is honestly, like I was saying, that she's coming along, and I'm not trying to just boost her because she's my wife. You know, um, she learned this game quick. There are a lot of people in this industry. I'm sure you have talked to also where they get that surface level knowledge but they don't progress from it and um she has so she's going to be you know better than me here sooner than later oh oh yeah you can absolutely tell the the sort of echo chambers that step into the realm versus those that are seeing the tape and sort of analyzing not just the film but the numbers and then making their own opinions right. whether they be Absolutely. roasted for them or not i mean <laughs> as long as you <laughs> have yes, it, I mean... if you can back up a statistic i'm happy to listen to whatever take you have but don't just come at me with oh my gut feels this way and <laughs> stuff that i hear all day long from matthew barry and everybody else uh, it's like spewing the same stuff over and over again like other yeah. than that yeah mm. Exactly. Exactly. If you come at me with something and uh, you have an actual argument, I'll hear you out. You might, you probably won't change my mind. Um, <laughs> honestly, uh, good. You know, good luck. Yeah, yeah I've never been able to do it. I, I, I will hear you out and take your argument and be like, "Oh, that's a cool way to think of it." But a lot of people just come at you with everything they've heard from you know, Twitter or everything they've heard from the podcast and they just regurgitate it. Well, well, you can't get likes if you don't regurgitate the same stuff that everybody else is posting. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, it is true. Um, let's, uh, let's go back to the Cardinals here for a moment because Tubadeus, one of our Gentleman uh, writes for the Dynasty Nerds, and uh, he's a regular here in chat. He's got some pretty good questions here for you. Um, the the general consensus I see about Cliff from fans is that he isn't particularly good play caller. What does he do that limits the Arizona offense? Or conversely, if you disagree with the fan consensus, what are the fans missing? So um, I agree with the fans um, mm -hmm. because when I look at what Cliff Kingsbury does, that uh, is he calls a lot of run plays, whereas a lot of people think Think that oh well they just pass in and as they kind of work out yeah, you know I, that offense so I have not i'm not i'm up. not down on him or anything no i think he still has time he's growing, growing. him and kind of, yeah it's yeah, there's a lot happening there there's a lot of moving parts a lot of things that he's got to balance and figure out i think sometimes people come down a little too hard and expect someone to walk into a new situation with all new moving parts and
just kind of. The new addition be addressed. I mean, they're back half. I, they have Buda Baker, and that's that's about it. So that yeah. part is a little worrisome. But that front seven is, I think it can be nasty. Be bad, yeah. Honestly, like, we we haven't seen J.J. Watt really play with a Chandler Jones type of player on the other side of him. Or Chandler Jones play with the J.J. Watt on the other side of him. So they can get after the quarterback. And I think that alone will help out the secondary. I know. I mean, I think we were just talking about this, like at the end of the season, about how they really need needed help for um, a pass rush. Yeah, and absolutely. I think that they made the right moves there to to help get us to that. And I think it's going to be looking really good. We'll stay on the, yeah, I was going to say, y'all aren't getting cut any breaks in that division (laughs) whatsoever. Um, How do you expect the linebacker room to shake up with the addition of Zavin to the mix? I think think he starts week week one. It seems like that's already inevitable. They already told Hicks that he can find a trade partner. Um, Isaiah Simmons will just be on the other side of him. Like it, I feel like they're the new Niners. Trying to be, trying, trying to be. be, trust the process, yeah. right? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Because the Niners' defense is that's good, it's been good for years. Yeah, I was surprised to see Zayvon uh scoop so early. I guess the Cardinals saw something that they really liked. I mean, his over under was like 26 before the draft started, and then. He went, I think, uh, the 16th pick or 18th pick, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's right. 16th, yeah. 16th, yeah. So, it, uh, I mean, not a bad pick. Uh, I think that... I didn't expect it. Didn't expect it is a good way to put it, yeah. yes. Um, I know we were definitely taken off guard, too. <laughs> um, were, were there angry words or happy words said there? You know what? It took me a minute to come around because especially finding out that Arizona had reportedly been planning to take um, Najee at that pick um, and then decided to go Zavin, you know, that was a tough pill for me to swallow um, because I really wanted him on our team. But, you know, after I kind of had time to settle and, and chill out after the draft, I realized it really was a good, move um they're not going for you know flashy picks they're going to try and build this team and i know that that's what realistically needs to happen and i think it was the right choice and i think zavin's gonna be great i was upset at first too um still a little bit hurt by it because i wanted a corner i thought we needed a corner well, so we bad did get you know corners, but we i think i think marco corners. wilson's gonna be great oh i do i do Okay. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we disagree on that. And we disagree on Tay McGowan or Tay Gowen. Tay Gowen, yeah. No. McGowan. I think they're gonna be great. I told her I'm not sure if he's gonna make the team. Tay McGowan (laughs) or whatever his name is. Wasn't that rude? That's our (laughs) corner. (laughs) Caught in 4K. Oh goodness. Um So, in in redraft, how early are you drafting Hopkins? Wide receiver? Wide receiver, probably. Right now, I would say it's probably wide receiver five. I don't have my no. rankings right off the top of my head here. Let me... I mean, that doesn't seem unreasonable. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'd be having them. Oh, okay. And Miss Unicorn. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up mine here. I hate that we're so similar a lot of the time. It's not a bad thing. I mean... Where's mine? Yeah, so... If you're you're disagreeing just to disagree, then you're doing something wrong. (laughs) That's true. So I had him, I mean, so earlier on, I, I had him at 
um six but i think it's probably it would probably would be closer to four at this point um i've been actually having conversations with him this last week with andrew about you know rearranging these rankings but yeah i would say he would be five or six um do you think that the cardinals are going to add another wide receiver to their team or that they can ride <laughs> that they no. can ride to the disneyland rides <laughs> I think, I don't think so. into a question. <laughs> I know, that's <laughs> pretty funny. I don't think so. Uh, I think it's, I think it could be pretty um, solid. <laughs> what what about oh, they, they might get rid of one? <laughs> <laughs> what about Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray. How tall is he really? Oh I mean, my gosh. You know what? Probably five, are ten. we are we allowed to to cuss on here or are we keeping it clean? No, you, you can cuss on here. He's five. Ten. Okay, well let me. Do, he's tall enough. Like he's fucking tall enough. Like I'm so sick of people talking about how tall Kyler Murray is. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Say it. Preach it. He's tall enough. The man's five ten. He's still a fucking badass. Like why are we concerned about his height? I can't believe you wait until 40 minutes in to really unleash the rage there. You don't know how much I've been like, you know, I had myself in teacher mode where I can't cuss because I didn't know, you know, like what you're okay with. So I just err on the side of caution, keep it clean, start oh. off. But when you hit me with that question, that was a tough one to. Sorry for the gas. I'll, I'll let the listeners know. My son just came down here and he put marker all over his face. Sorry for that. Hey. <laughs> hey, at least he's creative. Gotta love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he said, I love the color purple, too. So, I mean. Oh, gosh. Can you hear him? <laughs> just, just just barely. It, it's entertaining. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, oh, so, uh, do you think that the defenses will back bounce back after a tough 2020 COVID season, or was the explosion in scoring going to continue and be the norm for the league for them here on out? Yeah, I do think they come back. And I honestly believe that not having fans in the stands helped out the offenses so much this past season. I was talking about this earlier in the season with the unicorn on how I think it helped out the wide receivers a lot, especially the rookies coming in because they're able to hear the quarterback and everything giving out plays, which is very difficult thing to do when you're new. And then it also helps out the quarterbacks because it's like less pressure. They can hear everything. They can communicate easier. I think defenses are going to come back. And the unicorn stepped away a second. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, okay. Question to you real quick, Andrew. Yeah. Um, by the way, Moncal added a quick note. Classic toddler showing up as soon as someone swears. <laughs> yes, um, always. Perfect timing. N never, never fails. Um, do you personally have, because I'm going to ask you both this question, but what is one thing that content creators aspiring or, you know, you know, established spend too much time doing and where do you think they could be spending that time elsewhere better spent? Oh, wow. Okay. So content creators in general or fantasy content creators? Fantasy. Well, I mean, yeah, fantasy content, fantasy content creators. I mean, I don't know how they uh, split up their time and everything. I think that there are like two schools of thought, you know, especially in the fantasy community. There's a big like numbers people and then there's big film people. Whereas I feel like as a average, both of them waste all their time in one area instead of crossing one another. I think that is a big thing that, uh, more people need to do is they need to watch a little bit more film, but the film guys need to also watch or not watch, but go through numbers because they both tell stories. And I think you get the whole picture when you do both. That's a brand new answer. I think that is, uh, it's very rare that we get something, uh, completely new. So, 
kudos to you on that one. Good answer. Um, while she still stepped away, uh, since you two are married fantasy football, married fantasy football fans, that makes you a premier authority for this question. Who's the best NFL okay. couple? Chris and Mariah Godwin, Russ and Sierra, Tom Brady and Giselle, Gardner Minshew, and the camera. <laughs> Gardner Minshew and the camera? I love that. Yeah. Oh, my. I, I mean, I'm biased because even though I'm an Arizona Cardinal fan, I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan, so I'll go Russell Wilson. Gotcha. I mean, Mr. Unlimited himself, it's hard to hold him back. Just, just the way that guy plays, I think, is so underrated still. I don't oh. think people realize what Russell Wilson could do on a lot of these top teams. Uh, they are, you know, the Seahawks are in nine years in a row with him. They're in the playoffs every single year. And it is a lot to do with him because that offensive line has been awful for ever. Um, and yeah, that is my think- son screaming. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I, I heard the stalk off. It sounded like there was about to be action taken. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll stay uh, on the topic here. Um, Monk, I was about to say something even funnier here. Um, we'll stay with rookies. Da, 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 da. Do you have any useful tips or advice for those looking to start drafting in Dynasty? We got a lot of dynasty newbies here, so they're yeah, always so looking for a, edge. A big thing for dynasty, I, I've been doing dynasty for quite a few years now, and um, you really do learn as you play. Um, when you first start out, I feel like a lot of people uh, look at age too heavily. Um, age should be a tiebreaker only. That That's really how I use it. Like when I'm looking through my running back rankings or anything like that, I don't let Dick uh, let the age dictate too much, except for if I'm trying to pick between two, and then I'll go the younger one. Because realistically, um, unfortunately, most dynasty leagues don't even make it to three years because people are dropping out constantly. And even if they do, um, it's better to win right now because it is so hard to win in a dynasty league. It is so hard to win in dynasty. Um, if you're playing with uh, guys that are all paying attention. And on top of that, you can just backfill. Exactly. I Sorry, guys, I was stepped away for a second, but I am back. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Everything good? We're good. I had to just wrangle the toddler real quick. So we're all set. Gotcha. <laughs> um. So uh, we were just talking uh, one question. I want to get your thoughts on um, what is one thing that aspiring content creators in the fantasy realm do or spend too much time on that you think they should be spending that time elsewhere to produce better content or better themselves in general? That's a good question. Um... Off the top of my head, I feel like one thing I see a lot, um, it's going to sound really cliche to be honest with you, but I feel like there's a lot of times where I'm noticing, you know, new personalities, not that I'm not a new personality, but other new personalities also um, trying really hard to kind of fit in um, and go with the flow. And I don't mean to just, you know, be different for the sake of being different. Cause that's weird and annoying also, but I just mean to like, you know, figure out your, your authentic voice, um, and a way to let your personality and your approach translate onto social media. Cause I know that's tough. Um, it doesn't happen naturally for a lot of people. And, and so I, I think sometimes you try to kind of just do what everybody else is doing because you can't figure out a way to let your personality show through online. Um, but I feel like you got to figure out a way to do that. Um, I, I feel like unless people can kind of get to know you and connect with you, it's going to be really hard to, um, you know, build a base and build an audience. So 
I think don't be different just to be different, but figure out a way to let your 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 unique personality shine through and and kind of build your you know build your base around that. Another great answer. Another great answer. Andrew went a completely different way with it, and I told him that it was a new one, and yours is also a uh, different variation um, that we haven't seen before. So, good answers on that one. Love to hear <laughs> it. Um, and while uh, the toddler is still fresh on our mind, top three most tolerable children shows, and which other one is driving you the most crazy currently? Most tolerable or least tolerable? Most tolerable. Oh gosh. Okay. Uh, most tolerable children's shows. I'm gonna say number one is probably SpongeBob. My kids still watch SpongeBob. I, mean, I, I, like SpongeBob. I laugh at SpongeBob all the time. Um, I think SpongeBob is awesome. I relate to him a lot. Um, and King Julian's not bad. Yeah, King Julian, like the Madagascar offshoot show. That one's pretty funny. Um, and what else? I don't know. The, like the Disney Channel shows and the, the Nickelodeon ones, I got to steer away from those. Those ones drive me crazy and the songs get stuck in my head. Um, what's the third one? Yeah. Um... Jake and the Neverland Pirates. We'll go with that one. Sure. Because pirates are cool. I say planes. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think those are top three. And the one that you can't stand right now. Get it out of your face. Oh, that one's easy. It's that. Every single um, other one. Basically every single other one. But you know, in particular, that one um, YouTube kids show with the songs um coco melon oh my god that one makes me want to throw myself out a window oh yeah we hear a lot of coco melon yeah <laughs> probably heard baby shark like three thousand times yeah that too. be right back queuing up uh, the coco melon theme song right now as we end the show this evening oh um, my god <laughs> and never returning to this server again um <laughs> uh we were uh, nearing here uh, about the last 10, 15 minutes. Um, I know with the child in the background, we probably have a harder out than usual. Um, but um, I'm going to give you a rapid fire real quick. Um, but feel free to go in depth if one really catches your eye here. Um, the addition of AJ Green meaning anything for fantasy, or is he someone we should be targeting in redraft leagues? Yes. He should be targeted. Um, I know this is rapid fire, but uh, I would be targeting him because his ADP is going to be really low. Yeah. Fair. Succinct. Grab Maz value. I think that's a good answer for a lot of the draft questions. Should I draft him here? Well, if he's at a good value pick, then yes, you draft him there. Exactly. Um, I just said that the other day. You know, a guy Where do you think D.D. Westbrook might sign? And what type of production will he have? Nothing. <laughs> if he signs it's almost irrelevant yeah I think I agree and I'm sorry I missed the first part of that you said you think oh. you agree gotcha okay and uh when is Brandon Cooks leaving Houston and what team is he headed to next the journey, the journeyman himself. I guess, I guess probably after this year. Where does he go next? Um, Tampa Bay, Brian Chasen. Oh no! Better not go to Tampa Bay. Okay. I mean, I would like to see him on the Chargers. Hmm. No. Wouldn't be mad at that. I mean, they're like my backup favorite team as a Sherbert, but um they could use a speed guy. Yeah, definitely could. And how do you treat bye weeks for your rostered players? Do you uh treat situationally, trade around them, pre plan around the bye weeks? 
don't care about bye weeks because who does? I really don't think too much into bye weeks, to be honest with you. I don't care about bye weeks. I kind of figure it out. <laughs> getting into the weeds whenever you're getting into that. Right? By the time a bye, exactly. by the time a bye week comes around, uh, you probably have injured players also. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, let's see here. Most disappointing draft pick you've had in recent memory. Most disappointing draft pick. I should have saved that for last. That's such a good one. <laughs> That's a one's tough. good one. Like, like a fantasy draft pick? Or like an who, NFL draft? Who busted last year that you had on your your the team that you cared the most about that you just completely whiffed on? Oh, gosh. So last year, it's not a bust, actually, but in my top dynasty league that has been going the longest, it was like six years. I want to say last year it was six years old. I had both Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley on that team. I thought I was destined for greatness. I mean, you could put a throw, throw a mortgage on the house in preseason with that team. And yeah. then, boom, that happens. Then, boom, I miss the playoffs. <laughs> and you're homeless. Oh, goodness. Oh. <laughs> and now I'm actually at the park doing this. <laughs> um, how uh, long until the Kalen Ballage Hall of Fame era begins? Oh, God. I know we're a couple of years <laughs> behind. So, I mean, you think it's this year or we got to wait a little bit longer? Kalen Ballage. Oh, it's definitely not. Oh man, definitely not coming. I think that you're overlooking the skills he has at ducking all the way of passes. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I probably am overlooking that. He My was bad. one of the most surprising people last year, though. I thought he was dead before that. Don't worry, he's still at time. He's still got plenty of time. <laughs> um, how long until both Mitch Trubisky and Blake Bortles are starting quarterbacks again? Hopefully oh not goodness. soon for my Josh Allen stonks. Prayers to the <laughs> yeah, right? God. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely hopefully not soon. Yeah, they're they're I don't see that. They're both backups. And they should stay backups. And your favorite storyline of the offseason? Cool. Favorite storyline of offseason. This is where I queue up the Jeopardy music. Oh, I know, because yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, what is the favorite story? I would say mine probably. We've got the Rogers drama going on right now. Yeah, um, I mean, I love that. You know, my 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 favorite, I think, is the whole um, whether or not Hertz is the guy this upcoming year. Um, because I went all in on Hertz before Carson Wentz was even traded away. I was like, this is the guy. He's going to be it. Everybody thought I was crazy. Um, a month and a half or so later, all you see on Twitter is Hertz is a top five QB. Um, but I'm sticking by it. That's been a really fun one to kind of um, move along with. I think that Hertz really is going to be great. I think. Um, he's going to take Jalen Rager along with him. Um, I'm excited to see him. You cut out just at the very end. Uh, I think you said that Jalen Rager and Jordan Howard are going to take off with uh, Jalen Hurts. I'm excited for that. Thank you. You got my hopes up. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Jordan Howard. <laughs> you don't think the Eagles won't sign him a third time? Oh, not to make they will. This time? They absolutely will sign him again. They'll send him off to a different team, and then he'll come back and be like, yo, I still need a contract. I, I also need <laughs> to Just anything. He, has, just he has dirt on someone in, uh, in that organization. organization. Yeah. Um, the 2-2 at will pick, how much do you, think, uh, do you think that we can popularize it as a unit of measurement, both in height and weight? <laughs> I just love how you frame Gosh. questions. Um, I like Tutu Atwell. Yeah, just not this year. I don't know. I like him. I think he could be a sneaky no. sleeper. 
No, come Stop. on. Let me like come him. On. No. Just let me like him. No. Not this year. Well, he's here. Well, so. Deshaun Jackson's going to play at least two games. <laughs> Do we lose you? And Can you hear us? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, there, there we There you are. Yeah. Man, it's uh, uh, I live out in the boonies. My apologies here. Um, uh, yeah, good. Kyle Pitts redraft ADP is skyrocketing. What do you think oh, it'll be by the uh, time season kicks off? One one before CMC. <laughs> you know what? He he might. It's been absolutely ridiculous. Like his ADP is so incredibly ridiculous right now at this point. Um, and I'm afraid to even talk about it because everybody on Twitter just kind of goes full rogue if you say anything even remotely anti-pits. Um, but I just think he's so incredibly overhyped. Um I get that that everybody feels like he's the break the mold type of guy, but there's just a lot of molds that need to be broken here that have never been broken before in, in order for for people's expectations to hit. I just don't feel like it's realistic. That's one thing to take longer for uh at their value instead and not miss any sleep over it. I just don't understand how his ADP especially in rookie drafts, has risen so high. I mean, isn't the golden rule for rookie drafts is to get out of the first round safe? That's what I thought. Like, I mean, right? I feel like that just in general, right? <laughs> like, I'm not, like you I'm not hit that safe floor that. in the beginning and then you shoot for high ceiling later. But I don't know. People are putting a lot all in that one Too basket much. and it's just it's astonishing to see. And what might be the sneaky pick in the late rounds of the redraft leagues while Kyle Pitts is going up towards the top? Hmm. D.D. Westbrook? I like Josh Reynolds. D.D. Westbrook. I like Josh Reynolds. Kalen Ellis. Josh Reynolds. I love the Josh Reynolds pick. Right? Hmm. Lots of vacated targets. Um, I'm trying to think who could be one. Um, I mean, maybe Deshaun Jackson. Mm. You'd be able to get him at the last pick. Yeah, it'll be late. For waivers. Or mm-hmm. waivers, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he'll be drafted probably at the last because everyone knows that he's possible you know week winning he's on the Mm -hmm. field which it'll probably only be one or two weeks but hey it just takes one will fuller week (laughs) that's right or one sammy Watkins week Mm. um (laughs) let's see here phil has posted a Okay, at six foot four, though the Bengals target stands out like a parent among children on a Cardinals roster flush with height challenged wideouts. AJ Green. Beyond six foot one, DeAndre Hopkins. Everybody else is below that. Okay. How's that make you feel? He says. I'm cool with it. She said, shut up about the height already, Phil. You heard it the first time. <laughs> exactly at me phil oh at her phil she said bring the smoke <laughs> i um, want all the smoke all of it and this past season you know we had that weird preseason not much going on and i mean we were all unsure do you think all the injuries are a part of that, or should we take that into account for rankings and projections going into 2021? I think that definitely had to, you know, it, it definitely was a contributing factor, the whole lack of a preseason and, and everything like that. Um, 
don't know how much I would take it into account going into this season, the injuries and things like that, just because, you know, don't really want to put too much into it. But at the same time, injury history, I feel like is going to have a certain level of an impact on a player's future production. Um, I think you kind of have to take that one on a case-by-case basis. I think it contributed, and I also think the extra game um, this year yeah, and this coming moving year. forward is going to uh, contribute to more injuries. All righty, I've got a uh, final or two final questions here for you, then, and then pitch it back to you. We lost you. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Really weird. Okay. Sorry about that. Well, there you are. Okay. So, all right. We need to cut out the audio there. And. I've got some last two questions. I'm going to throw it to you, the picture uh, content, one last time, and then we'll call it a wrap for the night so you can get back to your uh, lovely child there. Um, <laughs> first question, uh, with the 17-week season, do you, uh, or the extra season, do you plan on extending your fantasy season a week, or are you waiting a year and seeing how the rosters are played out you know, with playoff implications and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, I think we're going to play it out, see what happens. Um, and th- that is an interesting point that you bring up. You don't really know, are teams going to sit their stars, you know, a couple weeks at the end to get ready? Especially yeah, I was if, wondering that too. You know, especially with the uh, the new playoffs and whatnot where only one team gets a bye week if you don't have a bye week but you're guaranteed a slot in the playoffs i i could see that happening like taking the last two weeks as bye weeks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just curious about that because we're we're sort of a i think a majority of us are awake and we'll just see what they do with it and then if we yeah. missed on a lot of week 17 points and you know we'll readdress but until then, don't break what's not broken, I guess. Yeah. Right. Not broken. And, and it's yeah. long enough, right? I mean, you're only missing one week. Exactly. Exactly. And final question for you. Um, Rondell or Elijah? Which more do you prefer? No, Rondell. Rondell. Not, not even because he's a Cardinal. Um. I was probably one of the higher people on him coming out of college. I I can you know accept that, but just his profile and everything. I like Elijah Moore a lot, but I uh, I'll tell you I had Rondell Moore as my number two wide receiver coming out this year. Yeah, I had him high also. I mean, yeah. I I like I I was so excited about that pick because I like Rondell Moore a lot. I love Elijah Moore. Um, I just think. Rondell Moore is different. I think he has something that um, not a lot of others have, and I think it's it's incredible having him on the Cardinals. Okay, then let's go Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall. Who would you rather have in the Dynasty League? Oh, man, that one's close, but I'd yeah. I'd go Elijah. No, nah, I'd go Terrace Marshall. I um, Robbie Anderson's on the last year of his um, contract, and also Terrace Marshall – picked up by Carolina, so the coach there, Brady, coached him. So he knows what he's getting. And um, he could be a true alpha. Not that he's going to take that over for DJ Moore because DJ Moore is a stud. But I think that the whole team, as a, you know, just as a whole, is going to be throwing more. I don't, I don't disagree with you on that, but I think I just – Personally, feel like sorry. I'm going to be quick, but just with I just think Elijah Moore's skill set. I think if he has the opportunities, if he gets the targets, he, I think he could way outperform his ADP. 
No, it's a commonly debated question here in the server, so I like to get uh, everyone's thoughts on that. It's always the, oh, that's a tough one, is the immediate response. Um, but <laughs> right. Before we get out of here, uh, tell the folks one more time where they can find you at, what content you put out. Give us the full rundown for all the folks. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you can yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Fringe. Also, um, I am on uh, Facebook. You can just look me up. I uh, created one that's just called Andrew Fringe as, as my name, and I post uh, the same content and sometimes more and different content on there as well. And uh, Unicorn, where can we find you? Yeah, so I'm at uh, Twitter for the most part, and I think from there you can kind of find everything else. You can yeah. get in touch with me and let me bug you. It's uh, yeah. unicorn underscore fringe. Um, and, uh, yeah, I love, yeah. you know, getting connected, answering questions, all that type of stuff. And thanks so much for having and, us on here. This is yeah, super we really cool. Yeah. It. And, Phil, you know exactly where the smoke can be found at now, so you got no excuses. <laughs> no, Come find me, Phil. The pleasure's been all ours, I assure you. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, donating your time. I know with the child in the background, like, he sounds in a better mood now. Um, thank you for uh, giving us your time. Uh, I know you're busy and uh, definitely glad that we were able to get you on here. Um, if we ever get the opportunity, we'd be happy to have you back. Awesome. awesome. Thank Thanks you. so much. All right, you all have a great rest of the night. For the rest of the chat, this is Fantasy Football. Space Goes Force signing off. On behalf of Fantasy Fringe and myself, thank you all for attending, and we'll catch you all on the flip side. Mm -hmm.